so I kind of just wanted to share a little bit about myself. Um, not too much. I want to go into God's word, but um, I was thinking about like, okay, how can I start off with just kind of give you like a little glimpse of like who I am and my past, right? So I was thinking, okay, the 10-year challenge. I feel like a lot of people have been doing that. Okay, so let me try that out. So, um, so I kind of show you guys a picture. This is, let me see if it works. Okay, so that's me and my husband. Okay. I mean, me. Yeah, me and my husband right here. Okay. And then, <laughs> so um, this was us recently. I think this was last year. We went to Maui. That was a good trip. But um, 10 years ago, this was during JJ's graduation. I know, right? It kind of looked like we took it, like, last year or something. But this was 10 years ago. So um, I won't go 10 years, but I'll probably go around seven years. And so that's me and JJ right there. I know, look, look, he's so cute right there. <laughs> I always say, like, oh, man, did you have a crush on me back then? Look. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Probably not really. But anyways, um, yeah, so I kind of was just thinking about, like, as I was preparing for today, I think something that God kept speaking to me was that the story is not done yet. And I was just thinking about, like, our past, right? And I was like, man, if I can go back and tell that girl, like, God's not done with you yet. <laughs> So anyways, so, um, so today uh, I really just kind of want to talk about the God's, like God's story for our lives and how so many times um, we just feel like the ending like, of our story or things that happen in our lives, like it doesn't make any sense or it feels incomplete. But today I want to go over the book of Jonah. So if you guys have read the book of Jonah, you'll probably think, yeah, that, that doesn't really make sense. That's incomplete. You'll get what I'm saying later. But, um, but yeah, I kind of wanted to go over the story and how um, possibly the story of the world's, like, worst missionary. And his name was Jonah. So, um, so Jonah, we're going to go over the whole book. Okay, so it might feel like it's a lot, but it's, like, four chapters. So we're going to break it down. And um, the first chapter um, talks about Jonah running away from God. And the story of Jonah is very interesting. It's just a man that really likes to run. He just runs a lot. Okay, so first chapter we talk about the man running away from God. So um, so go over really quickly. So I'll read it to you guys. Um, so now the word of Jonah, uh, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found the ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go into them uh, with tar to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lie in it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, so that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, 
I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that the great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not. For the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O oh Lord, let us perish for not this man, for this, not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O oh Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I'm going to pray for us. God, we just, we just thank you for your word. God, we pray for everyone that's here. God, that there's a reason why they're here, Lord. Father, I just pray that you may your words speak. Father, we know your presence is here. And you continually desire to speak to us. So God, pray that you speak to us, Lord. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. So I know that was a lot. So I kind of want to just briefly kind of go over um, this chapter, what was happening, right? So we see Jonah, right? The man allows to run. And he's running actually away from God. And so first God tells um, Jonah, he says, Jonah, go to Nineveh. But Jonah decides that, like, I don't want to go to Nineveh, right? So he jumps on this ship, and he goes the opposite direction. He's trying to go as far as he can, right? And so, um, so it's very interesting, right? Um, during this time, just a little background, Nineveh, um, for a period of time, was actually one of the largest cities in the world. So for a significant time, it was really big. Right? And so it was said that, you know, the Syrian, um, so Nineveh was the capital of the Syrian empire. And during that time, they've said that they're very um, cruel and very barbaric in the way that they fight. Right? So when Jonah heard God say, go to Nineveh, he already knew that. He already knew um, going into it about this city. And so instead of going towards where God wants him to go, he decides to jump on a ship. And go the opposite direction. So um, Jonah goes on this ship, right? And the ship, right? There's a sea, and it starts to rage, right? And if you know, for people who've probably worked on ships before, they're probably used to rain. They're probably used to storm, right? But they saw that this was very bad. This is different from what they're used to, right? And so they start to ask, like, what is happening? And so they cast lots, and so. In the past, when people casted lots, it's kind of like they're trying to ask God to answer them something, right? And so casting lots is like a way of like throwing dice to find the answer, right? And so they cast a lot, right? And it falls on Jonah. And so they ask Jonah, they're like, what are you doing? Like, like what are you doing? Get up. Because he's sleeping. Everyone's scared, but he's sleeping, right? And so they get him up, right? And then Jonah says, like, I know why, like, this is happening. It's because I'm running away from God. Right. And so these people actually, right, instead of saying, okay, let's throw him off the ship, right, so we can stop this. But instead, like, they tried to actually row back to land. And um, 
But Jonah, like, said, he knew what he had to do. And he said, just throw me into the sea. It's because of me. So just throw me in. And so just imagine Jonah, right? Like, he knew he's running away from God. And I think, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, he could have just said, okay, God, like, I submit. I'll just go. I'll just go, right? But <laughs> instead, he says, I'd rather die than go where you want me to go, right? So... You know, after people tried their best, they kind of throw him into the sea. And then the storm stops. Right? And then the last verse, it says, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So some people in the past, like some people that study this, they'll say like, you know, it's probably not just a giant fish. It could be a whale, like any sea creature, right? So it could have been a whale. So some people say Jonah and the whale, right? But... So he swallows up. So God sends this fish to swallow him up. Okay, so we go to the next part of the story. And it's about Jonah running to God. So um, I'm not going to go over, you know, the whole chapter. But I encourage you guys, like, if you guys never heard or never read the story before, like, you should definitely read it. It's a very short read, but it's also um, very interesting because the story of Jonah teaches us a lot about um, our human nature, but it also shows us a lot about who God is. So, um, so running to God. So Jonah, where we pick off is Jonah is in the belly of the fish for three days, right? And when Jonah is in the belly of the fish, he has nowhere else to look. And so the only place that he can look was he looked to God. And so he begins to finally set his eyes on God when there was nowhere else to look. And it says in verse 7, When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. And in his darkest moment, God was there, and he was with Jonah. Um, it's very interesting, like when you think about this fish that swallowed Jonah, um, I think a lot of us can read this and probably think, like, this was a punishment. God was punishing Jonah for making him, for, like, sending a fish to swallow him, right? And I was thinking just how many times in our lives, I think we go through things, and we feel like, God, this is a punishment from you. But you know what's very interesting was that this fish that God sent was actually God's grace, because he used the fish to save Jonah, right? And so, and even in that moment, when Jonah was in his deepest and darkest place, like, he had nowhere else to turn but to God. And that was God's grace. And um, in thinking about pain, um, um, I know there's this really popular book. It's called The Case for Faith. And it's written by this reporter. Um, and he, just a little background. He goes, he's this reporter who's actually not a believer. He wasn't a believer. But actually his wife became a Christian. So, And all of a sudden, I think one day he kind of notices the change in his wife. And he starts to wonder, like... Like who, like, who is this God that my wife believes in that she's starting to change? So he goes through this journey, because he's a reporter, right? So he goes through this journey, and he um, looks into who God is, right? And so he, later on, through the process of researching, he becomes a believer. But So this is one of the books that he wrote, and it's called The Case uh, for Faith. And so he answers all these, like, really hard questions. So he, like, interviews these, like, theologists, right? Like, and... You know, answered these really difficult questions. And one of the questions I talked about was, um, 
if God is a good God, can there really be pain in this world? And so there's this story um, that kind of gives us an idea or an understanding about pain in our lives. And it's about this, um, this hunter or, yeah, this hunter and a bear, right? So this hunter, he is in this forest and he goes, you know, he's you know, going to hunt, right? But he sees this bear and this bear is like trapped in a claw. And this hunter, like he has compassion on the bear and he decides that he wants to um, help this bear, right? Escape from this trap. And so... So first thing that he had to do, right, because, like, the bear was, like, in pain, and he's really scared, right? So he's in pain, and, um, and then the hunter, right, wants to help this bear. So instead, he kind of shoots him with, like, um, painkiller, right, to stop the pain. But instead, the bear gets, like, really scared because, like, what's happening? Are you trying to kill me, right? And so, and so the bear kind of goes, like, even more, like, wild, right, because he doesn't know what's happening, and then the hunter was trying to help this bear escape, right? So it's this claw, it's a tension claw. And what he had to do was he had to push in the claw in order to release it. And so it, because of that, it caused a lot more pain. But there's, there's like, there wasn't an understanding, right? Because as a bear, you don't really know, like, what's happening. So... So the story is that, like, a lot of times, like, in our time of pain, like, God desires to use that to save us. And that's kind of his grace. And you think about Jonah in this situation, right? Like, he was running away from God. But then God used that situation to bring him back to him, to set his eyes on him, right? And so um, instead of looking at these situations as, like, a punishment or even as, like, a way of, like, God just, you know, like, like we don't understand, but um, God desires to use that to bring us back to him. He desires to save us, right? So, um, yeah, so that's kind of, uh, in terms of Jonah, when we go back, right, that's his darkest moment, he turned his eyes to God. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out, of, uh, out upon the dry land. So we go into our third chapter. Um, this man that likes to run, right? He's running with God. So he's finally, he's running with God, okay? So finally, um, after Jonah was in his deepest pit, he sets his eyes on God. And he finally says, like, God, like, thank you for your grace. Thank you for who you are, right? And so he runs to God. He runs with God. So now Jonah, he finally obeyed and he went to Nineveh. And um, as you guys read this, like, you're going to understand, man, Jonah was really thrilled to go and speak to, to the people of Nineveh. He goes and he says this one thing. So he says to them, um, so the verse that says, Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And he called out, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God and they called for fast put on a sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And so all Jonah says was, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God, right? And I, I don't know about you, but that's not really like, um, you know, you can sense that from Jonah, like he's still not very excited, right? Like God calls him to go and all he says is like 40 days and you guys will be overthrown, Right? But yet, 
even in that like very short like sentence like the people of Nineveh believed and everyone from the greatest to the least of them right so from like the king all the way down to the servants right they all believed and they all repented right and so it's very interesting right and so you know Nineveh was a really big city and it took three days to journey through and so if you can imagine there was a lot of people in that city so when God saw that um so when God saw what they did how they turned from their evil way God relented of the disaster that he has said he would do to them and he did not do it right so we look at God's heart right that um God would send someone to go and to preach um, repentance to a city that was going into their doom, right? And that's a very compassionate God. I think God could have just seen the people and say, like, you know what? Like, you deserve it. You deserve to be punished. But instead he sends someone, right? And um, even though Jonah tried to run away, like, God still brought him there, and he still did it. And so, um, so I think as we think about, like, our disobedience, right? Because Jonah clearly, even here, even though he said yes and he went with God, we can tell he didn't really want to be there. All he walked around was uh, 40 days, right? In 40 days, there's going to be disaster. You guys are going to, you know, like be destroyed in 40 days. He really didn't even say repent. He didn't even say, hey, you should believe in God. Like, hey, you know, like you should actually turn your ways from God. He didn't. All he said was 40 days. You guys are going to be doomed, right? And so I think a lot of times when we think about our disobedience and, like, God's will in our lives, like, even a lot of times, like, when we don't, it's kind of amazing, right? Like, how even though when we don't want to follow and obey God, he can still use the things in our lives. And so, and even in disobedience, what's funny is, even when Jonah ran away, and because he was thrown off the ship, the people on the ship believed. So even more people came to repent and turn towards God and um, yeah I just think that as we think about God and his compassion it's just so amazing that he desires to be with us right he desires to love us and um, you know I lately um, you know as I was been reflecting on God's promises like in our lives in his word right as a believer we believe that God when God speaks he will follow through, right? When he speaks, like his word will, will come true, right? And he will do what he says. But it's very interesting because he says in the Bible that there were actually times when God said he was going to do something and he actually didn't do it. But you know, the only time that he ever did that was to spare people and that to show, um, to show grace to people. Like many times, like, you know, we see the Israelites, um, many times God was so mad, the people, he said to Moses, I'm going to destroy them, right? But because, like, Moses, like, plead for the people, like, God changed, his heart changed. And he, in turn, he, um, he forgave the people. And even in Nineveh, right, he said, he told Jonah, I'm going to destroy them, right? But I think it was very clear that Jonah knew God's heart. Um, he knew it. He knew it. He knew that God loved him, uh, loved him, and he loved the people, and that he would forgive them. But he didn't embody his heart, and that's why he ran away. But um, yeah. So 
I think as we think about like, you know, just the compassion of God, the only time God said that he wouldn't do something is um, when he said that he was going to punish people. And, um, but when he promises his favor and his blessing, like that will always come true. And he even showed in the Israelites that um, even when he said to the, like the Israelites that you won't see the promised land, it was true, but at the same time, actually, their children saw the promised land, right? So God's promise still came true. So um, we get to our last chapter. And here's Jonah running again, right? But this time, he's running ahead of God. So we're coming to an end. And so um, kind of, you know, I started off with talking about God's story for our lives and how a lot of times, like, we feel like, you know, um, like the story has ended or we feel like we're unhappy with certain endings in our lives. But um, kind of, I'm going to wrap it up, but I'm going to talk about this last chapter where Jonah is running ahead of God. And so, um, so uh, let me kind of go back and tell you what happened, right? So Jonah goes, he tells people to repent, and people then, you know, repent, right? They, they fast and they put on their sackcloth and then they repent to God, right? So Jonah, what he does is he ends up, um, you know, uh, going, kind of leaving the city on the side. And he goes up to this, I think this little hill, right? He sits there and he begins to watch the people of the city. And he starts to examine, like, what is going to happen, right, with the city? So he sits there, okay? And... Um, and he's very upset. So we begin the story, this last chapter. Jonah's very upset at God. And he says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was, uh, when I was yet in my country? This is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord says, do you do well to be angry? And so basically what he said was, do you have a right to be angry, right? And so Jonah is like sitting on this hill, right? And he's like really upset at God, right? He's upset because he knew that he knew that God is a gracious God. And he's merciful. He's slow uh, to anger and abounding in steadfast stuff, right? So he knew that God was going to... Um, save the people if they repent. And so he's really mad. And I think, um, you know, the first time that I've ever read Jonah, like he's such like a very interesting character because I can't help but be really annoyed. But at the same time, I can't help but like, you know, like see myself like in Jonah, right? How many times we run away from God. And I think a lot of times when we think about the story's not done, like I think Jonah right there, thought that he was the author of the story. And I think that he thought that, you know, like, I know what's best. Like, I know, like, like God, like, I know these people are wrong. They should be punished. And I think so many times, like, in our lives, like, we become the author of these stories and we disobey God. Because we tell God, like, like, God, like, I know better than you. Like, I, I'm the one that will finish the story. So I'm going to try to run, right? But, you know, I think God was showing um, Jonah, that he is truly the author of the story, right? And um, so we go on, right? 
So, so we're almost coming down to that. I know it's like a lot, but you know what? I just, I feel like God is really like, you know, speaking in this word. And so when the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. He was probably, I don't know if he's bald, but it kind of sounded like he was bald. So it's like probably like he's like sitting on the hill, right? And there's like heat coming down, right? But God, like in his goodness, even though Jonah was like being a brat and he was running away, God like sends this little plant, right? So he sends this little plant to kind of cover Jonah, right? And so, so the, like this plant covered shade for Jonah and he was, Jonah was really happy with the plant, Okay, and so, um, okay, so we keep going, okay, and so uh, the sun beat down the head of Jonah, so he was faint, and he asked that he might die and said, it's better for me to die than to live, but God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do. Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. Oh, so what I didn't tell you, I'm sorry. So God sends this plant over Jonah, right, and Jonah like kind of really likes this plant, and he falls in love with it, right, and... I actually kind of can understand this because recently this year I've been buying a lot of plants and I just have this like affection for it because there's something about like taking care of something and you seeing something grow. But anyways, right, so he grows like attached to this plant, right, and this plant provided shade for his bald head. And then, and then God sends this heat and then the plant dies. And then Jonah again, he's like, I'm so angry, right, and he's so dramatic, right. He says, I'm so angry I could die because of this plant right and so and so God says to Jonah in verse 10 it says and the Lord said you pity the plant for which you did not labor nor did you make it grow which came into being in the night and perished in the night and should I pity Nineveh that great city which there are more than 120,000 persons who did not know the right from their left and also much cattle the end Literally, if you have never read the book of Jonah, this is how it ends right there. So you can understand the frustration, right? The first time I read this book, I'm like, okay, then what happened, right? And this, there's this one time, I have this really addictive personality. So when I start a show, that's why I try not to, but when I start a show, I have to finish it. So I have to tell you, there's this one time, my husband knows because I was really mad. I watched 24 episodes of this drama, and it had no ending. It, like, it, it was on Netflix, and I think they ran out of money, and it wasn't a good show, right? It was like this Korean drama, and it just stopped. It just stopped, and I was like, I wasted 24 hours of my life watching this, right? And I think a lot of times, like, you know, like, I know the first time when I read that, I'm like, God... I don't get it. Like, what just happened? Like, I got so invested into reading Jonah, like, the story. I'm like, what's going to happen? Does Jonah repent? And then, you know, like, how does he feel? Does he finally come around to it? But you know what? God kind of drops the mic and just says what he says. I should, and should I not pity this great city, right? And then he drops the mic and it's done, right? So it got me thinking, right? And at that point, I remember the first thing, I was like, God, is this incomplete? Like, does someone, like, didn't finish the story, right? But I think I would like to hope that Jonah finally repented. He saw that, you know, he was in the wrong. And I think I started to look at myself, too. And how many times, like, when we look at something and we're like, this looks incomplete, God. Are you wrong? 
It's like, of course, God is not wrong. Like, I'm wrong, right? If I have any doubts, right, I'm doubting who he is, and that's me, right? Because his word, we believe that it's good and it's perfect. It's God-breathed, right? So, end of the story, right? And, and I think so many times, like, we see these situations in our lives kind of, like, incomplete. Like, this incomplete story, and, um, and a lot of times, like, I think we we're kind of like hoping for this story to play out a certain way. Because I think when you read the story, it's very easy to think that Jonah's the main character of this story. But he's really not the main character of this story. And God's the main character of this story. And I think so many times like in our lives, like we think that we are the main character of this story. But you know, God is the main character of our story. And so I think so many times... We run ahead of God, just as Jonah did. He ran ahead of God, and he determined the story of what his life or the life of people, what they should look like. And I was thinking about incomplete stories, of how the story is not done. You think about Jesus, right? What if the story ended with him on the cross? What if the story ended with with him in the grave, like that wouldn't be a really good story at all, right? But the story never ended there in this pain, in this dark place, right? But even in his resurrection, the story didn't end there. And it's just the beginning of a story that when we accept Jesus into our hearts, like, that's the beginning of eternal life, right? That's the beginning of the story. And so, um, so, yeah, um, so in conclusion, I was thinking, you know, like Nineveh, right? What is our Nineveh? And we look at like what God is calling us to and what is before us. And that's kind of like our story, right? We kind of start to judge like what is good and what is bad, right? Nineveh is bad. So I'm going to run the other way, right? But um, I think a lot of times we judge what we think is bad and we say there's no hope and we kind of end the story right there. But the story is not done. And um, I think the challenge that for us is that we don't become the author of our own story, but we allow God to finish the story of our lives. I think with Jonah, he wanted to end the story of, um, of people being punished, destroyed, right? Like, Hopeless. They're hopeless. There's no point. Like, I shouldn't. I should. And later on, actually, historically, like, that city was destroyed later on, right? But God, like, like a hundred, it was like a hundred or something more years later, you know, the city was destroyed. But initially, God said, like, in 40 days, like, I will destroy the city. But, like, God, like, had compassion. And I think a lot of times, like, you know, Jonah would see that and say, they're bad. Let me run. And he you know, kind of try to end the story of what is hopeless and what is bad, right? And, um, and you know, what's very interesting is, um, I think for me, like, it wasn't until last year that God really spoke to me, and he kept repeating to me over and over again that the story is not done. And so, um, you know, when I was in high school, I had to make a decision. Uh, my parents 
where, uh, so my parents are divorced. And so my mom, when I was like, I think like a junior year in high school, she decided to move to Idaho. So I was just like, what, 14, 15 year old kid, right? I had to decide, okay, am I going to move to Idaho with my mom? Like I've lived with my mom and my sisters like my whole life, right? And so like I had to decide, like, do I go or do I stay? And I move in with my dad. And so actually my dad, um, like we had not had a good relationship my whole life. And so it was kind of like moving into a house with a stranger that already has his own family. And so my dad actually remarried and he had, you know, the child, my little brother, uh, which I really love. Um, and I just remember at that point, um, I had to really make a decision that do I go here or go there. And I um, decided to stay in SF, right? And my mom and my sisters went to Idaho. And actually, what's very interesting was the time that my um, mom left and my sisters left, that God really began to do something in my heart. And he began to really, like, deepen my love for my family that I had never experienced before. So I remember, um, so I remember for, uh, for many years, so they were gone for probably like three to four years, and I had been praying for them in my heart. I would pray, and I would pray to God. Like, I want my mom and I want my sisters to come to know you. And I remember I just, I, I was just praying. And actually, four years later, um, my mom and my sisters did come back. And it was actually, it was a really tough time for them. And what ended up happening was, they had to file for bankruptcy. So they tried to, like, start a restaurant. It didn't really work out, right? And so they had to come back. And um, I remember at that moment, I felt like... God, like, I was like, God, this is time. It's time. Like, in my head, I'm like, God, they're going to come to know you, right? Like, this is the situation that you're working through. And so they came, and actually, for the first time ever in my life, right, I see them go to church. They had never gone to church before. So I kept praying, and I kept praying. And I was like, God, this is time. But you know what? Instead of them, like, in my head, I pictured that God, that they would just fall on their knees and like accept you as Lord and Savior, right? But instead what happened was they actually left like the church that they attended. They attended for a very short amount of time. They left and they turned away and they hated God and they hated Christianity more than they did. And I just remembered like I was like, God, what are you doing? And I think at that moment I lost so much hope. And I think I ended the story there. And I was like, God, like, the story is over, right? There's no hope, right? Like, there's no hope in this, right? So, um, I think for many years, I could not pray. I could not pray and believe that, that there was still more to this story. And, you know, even though, like, I walked in my life, like, I, I desired to obey God. I desired to follow Him. But I didn't have faith. I could pray for other people. Like, I was like the youth leader, right? And I could pray for people and I could, you know, try to stir up faith in other people. But, like, I didn't have faith for myself. Like, I have faith that what God what God's gonna do in you, like, He will do. But I didn't have faith that He can also do good in my life. So, for a long time, I couldn't pray. But I think it wasn't until recently that. God um, really stirred up faith in my heart. And then that's when he spoke to me, like, the story's not done yet. The story's not done yet. 
I just started this story. And so I remember one day I prayed. I was just, I got on my knees. I think I was at this point, like I said, that I'm a believer. But yet, I couldn't believe that you you wanted good things for me. So I couldn't, I couldn't pray. But I think at that moment, like God showed me the story, right, of this man that goes to Jesus. And he says, Jesus, like, you know, like my son, he's, he's possessed by demon. If you, if you can heal him, please heal him, right? And Jesus says, if, if, all things are possible if you believe, right? The man says, the man got on his knees and he says, like, I believe, help me to overcome my belief. And I think at that moment, I just remember I prayed to God and I was like, God, like, help me to overcome my belief. Like, I can't live like this anymore, right? As a believer, if you truly say that God loves you and that you believe in God, then you have to believe that he desires good things for you. But I couldn't believe that. And so I got on my knees and I prayed and I was like, God, like, God, like, please help me to overcome my belief. At that moment, God really spoke to me, and I heard him for the first time. So clearly he said to me, I've heard your prayers, and you moved my heart. And so, I would love to stand here and tell you that the next year, my family, my sisters, and my mom are believers and came to know God. But you know, they're still not. And so if I ended the story right here, I think that would feel very frustrating. I think that would feel very frustrating for all of us, right? Because I think a lot of times we want to end the story. But you know, I truly believe that there's circumstances that as you want to end the story, God wants to tell us, I'm just beginning to write it. Like even when you end your life here on earth, that's not the end. That's the beginning of eternal life. Like, you have the rest of our lives to be with you. And so, you know, today, um, I think God has been really placing on my heart is for family members around us and for our friends. And I think so many of us, I believe that we pray for our friends and our family to come to know Jesus because we've experienced His goodness and want our families to experience it as well. And I truly believe that there are probably some of us who lost faith, who at one point says, like, you know, God, there's no hope. There's no hope. So I think for me, um, I'm a person who loves being disappointed. And that's why some of you guys might know I hate surprises. Now, I don't hate it, but I don't like surprises. Because I think I realize that there's part of me that um, doesn't like surprises because I don't want to be disappointed. So if I can run ahead and know what's going to happen, I won't be disappointed. So if I run ahead of God and I know what's going to happen, I won't be disappointed. But, you know, more often than not, that doesn't happen. And we still get disappointed. So, you know, I think for us today, as we come to an end, um, I just want to encourage you guys to know that the story is not over. I think if we just looked at the story of Nineveh, right, even if we take Jonah out of the picture, like, that story, like, we would have said, like, they're going to be destroyed. It's over, right? But God's story was not over for them. It was not over for people. And even for Jonah, his story was not over. He was like, throw me off the ship, kill me, right? But his story wasn't over either. God was his story. And so, um, you know, I, I really want to... You know, as the summer.
we're talking about summer of salvation. And as a house, we were we are praying and we are um, praying and really asking God to move in the hearts of people, right? And, um, and I think there's a lot of us, there's some of us here, I know for myself that you know I'm still hoping and praying for the people in my life, like my mom and my sister, and even my dad. And so that situation you're like 